Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate.
everyone, and welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was No Hard Feelings by Chelsea. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? Hello. Hey, um, Greg, and what's your name? Nicole? <laughs> the girl, you know. <laughs> the girl. You know, this is a bizarre, like, you know, um, response, but that song reminds me of 1990s Boston. <laughs> Really? No, it's, it, it's um. I, I, I lived I really in Boston it, around in the '90s, and that just for some reason that just reminded me of that time when I was there. I don't know why. Well, the, the with the 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 female vocal that is kind of you know like just a tinge wafy, uh, and kind of an affected uh, pronunciation of things. And what she has going for her is that her pitch is great, and there's a ton of personality in the vocal. Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying about the 80s vocal. I, I liked a lot of the female artists that were coming out in the early 80s. And a lot well, of I lived there. I lived there in the 80s. You know, I, I used yeah. to hang out. There was a little group group of us. There was this place um, called the Tam in Brookline. And it was me. It was this guy, um, Tom Doobie, was, was this producer guy. And, yeah, man, I remember that name. He, he, he made a, a lot of big records. And he had a friend... Well, his good friend was uh, Reeves Gabrell, you know, Reeves Gabrells, who who played with right. Bowie and Tin Machine, and he played in my band for a while while I was up there, and uh, and his buddy owned this place, the Sanctuary, I think, or that's was that Nashville. There was some studio yep. we, we used to we used to rehearse and, and play in uh, in Boston in the early '90s, and um, I recorded some stuff, and you know, there was him, there's this chick Jennifer Tyron, um, there was Amy Mann. There was a whole yep. little clique of us, you know, and uh, and she just reminds me of that era, which is kind of cool. Yeah, are we allowed to say chick? Is that is that is that allowed to be saying now? You Nicole? can you can say chick. Like he's not referring to. We're in rock and roll. Yeah, we're talking rock and roll, so we're saying chick in in the rock and roll sense of it. Yeah, we're not being sexist or. But the girl that yeah. was, or the woman that young. Yeah, see, woman but she wasn't was... a woman. She wasn't a girl. She was a chick. There man, was a, a rock chick. <laughs> Chrissy Hine, Chrissy Hine wasn't a woman in rock. She was a chick, uh-huh. man. Get yeah, up yeah, Joan yeah, Jack wasn't a girl. She was a chick. Go ahead. I'm trying to think. She of, was a rooster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole litany of female lead people in the '80s and '90s that were really the personality of the band. You know, you can think about Shirley Manson with uh, garbage, garbage. You know, yeah. The girl that was in uh, Bow Wow Wow, she was uh, yeah, a big her. personality inside that band. Yeah, uh, the waitresses. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what boys like. Well, and then for my my generation, at least, there's Paramore, which is kind of what I was thinking of mainly when right. you were listening to that song with Haley Williams, and she's kind of like the the chick from that band. Speaking of chicks, um, is chick the equivalent? You think chick would be the equivalent of dude? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah. so So I think that that dude, that chick, right? uh, um, (laughs) But when you say dude looks like a lady, then you start to get into questionable, um, yeah, uh, judgments. (laughs) I was watching something last week. The track we just heard is about one hundred times better than the new Demi Lovato single. Have you heard that thing? 
I've, I've never I have not actually. I, I would have uh, no, you know, unless someone brought, chicks. I would not know how to that she even sings. Well, she I would have never, I would have never heard it except that something came across my social network about Nita Strauss. Do you know who that is? No. Nita Strauss is like this badass uh, uh, guitar player that was on tour with Alice Cooper for years, years and years. And I, I used to love seeing Alice Cooper band because I like watching her. She was really cool, really great, great player and tons of personality. Well, she leaves Alice Cooper to tour with Demi Lovato. And I, I basically got a link in my email for that new single. And it sounds like a piece of um, garbage. Uh, yeah, late '80s uh, punky, ultra pop, and I didn't understand a word of it. I hate to sound like an old man, but because I know a little bit about musical genres, and uh, do you? I just thought this was just absolute. Um, what's the superlative? And how are you going to leave somebody like an icon like Alice Cooper and go uh, play like- with you know? Like is this he an kind icon? Of pop star. You know, we, we throw that icon around a lot. To me, an well, I icon. Don't know, man. To me, like the, an icon you know. is like one of a billion. Like you know, um, I would call Elvis is iconic. If you if you've done consistent work for forty plus years it's and like, you continue like to be able to draw, it sounds like as know. time goes on, you know, there's icons are getting easier and easier to be an icon. You know, legendary well, is pretty much getting pretty much mediocre to be a legend or an icon <laughs> these days. You know, like like to me, an icon was like I don't know Moses was an icon. <laughs> well, I guess what is like the definition of an icon? Like what? Well, when it's iconic, I guess it's uh, like I guess you're you you're you're consistently at the top of whatever measure is being taken. No, uh, I think iconic. I don't know. I, I don't know what the actual word means. Let me look up the actual word. Iconic. All right. Because I was going to say, can you be an icon for the rest of your life? Or are you no, just no, an no. icon You're, this you, week? You are, like, what's think, like, what's the it, true it, definition it of it? It has to do with uh, being um, in the lead as far as whatever measurement. Yeah, a person or thing regarded as a representative symbol of of that of that. Like, like to me. Yep. Elvis is iconic when it comes to right. music. Justin no, Bieber, no, no, not he so would much. not be. But the Beatles, I, I think, iconic. you also. I think it presupposes the idea that there's a very, very, very large audience that's being impacted. You can't be an icon for ten thousand people. I, you can be an icon for ten million people, yeah, or a hundred million. Not people. only are you wonderful in what you do, but you're very influential, and you have significance yeah. in, in a particular thing. Like I don't know, and I, and I think usually you're dead. You know? uh, no, I don't no. think so. I, I would be, say no. with that definition, now, like Barbara Streisand, iconic. Oh. No, here we go. Any real icon is dead. No. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. No, 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 if you're no. still alive, you're not an icon. I, well, I mean, if they're you're 85 years old and they're still rocking it or they're still known for what yeah. they're doing 85 years after it happened, I mean, they may not be alive much longer, but they're still an icon. Well, I hope uh, the icon that is Alice Cooper, Vincent Fournier, or whatever his name is, 
Uh, I hope that he <laughs> yeah. doesn't let Nita back on the stage because she made a really bad business move. I, um, I disagree. You know, you know what I think the measure is? It has to be an extraordinarily large audience and they have to know who you are and a tiny smile comes across your face when your name is mentioned. If you polled people on the streets in a hundred American cities, you would be hard pressed to find somebody that didn't know the name Alice Cooper. Mm. Does it mean you're an icon because they know your name? Well, I think it certainly does. So for that matter, then so then Lady Gaga's an icon, and then Britney Spears is an icon, and I so think for, that I think that uh, you know in in twenty oh, Demi, years time, Demi Lovato is an time, icon. Then no, no, she is not. I know her she name, and I don't even know if what she does. Poll, yeah, but if you poll America, uh, I, I bet you wouldn't get five percent of the population that knows. The maybe name that's Demi. maybe that's what we should do for next week's episode. We should poll America. Oh, we should go man. into the cities and figure out who who is iconic. Why are we talking? Why <laughs> why are we recording this for people to listen to? I could you know what? I mean I think because I think people uh I think they relate to it. Uh, I if we if we made a list of artists, we could Easily say icon, not icon. Okay, icon, so now icon, icon. Now, what about legend? The where where does that line? Like, I think so, I think to be a legend, you do have to be dead. <laughs> no, but can, can, you, can yeah. you be an, can you be an icon Post-mortem. and not be a legend, or does every legend must be an icon? I think it depends on the measurement <laughs> scale, right? You know, <laughs> I don't know. So I so know. so, and, uh, can you be legendary and not be a legend? I think in order to be legendary, I think that people have to have created a narrative around you and they're telling their own stories associated with be legendary, what you, you have to so, be good, definitely. Yeah. So like Elvis is an icon, but he is also like a legend and legendary. There we go. Okay. I don't know. I, we're, we're probably just mouthing words at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of legendary like legendary-esque to segue into this, I think we yeah. do have to bring up the fact that one of the artists that we featured very early on in the podcast, I think it was episode 10, Chapel Heart, got their golden buzzer moment on America's Got Talent last night. Wow, that's cool. Was that last night? I think it was, it was, la- it was recently, like very recently, but I'm pretty sure it was last night since they were posting today. So that's kind of cool that, you know, so it must be great for them. Did they cry? Everyone cries when they get the golden puzzle. I, honestly, they, like from the clip I saw, they were super nervous because they were like, the judges were talking and they were kind of wondering what was going on. And then they all went for the golden buzzer at the same time and they just like lost it. So yeah, they cried, crying right? like to the ground sobs. Can, can we talk just a second on the psychology of the golden buzzer? Let's create something for 9420. Let's have like the the um you know the the chartreuse whistle or the chartreuse let's, let's, whistle. <laughs> Carl, or let's get do on that sound. Yeah, yeah, Carl, find us a golden buzzer moment for the podcast and you know, on occasion we'll we'll actually award these tracks that we're featuring. Well, how about this? <laughs> <laughs> The, how about the uh, the porcelain? No, this is to porcelain. celebrate the performance. This isn't to trash oh, the oh, performance okay. in any way. So we got to have to find something. I want a golden buzzer for ninety four twenty. But the reality of it is that those shows have been around since the 
fifties. Mm-hmm. Ted Mac. You know, I mean the Ted Mac Amateur Hour and you know the music What's industry. The one- has- well, my well back in my day, I was approached a few times. And I always told me to go to hell was Star Search. Star Search, exactly. Those shows have been around. I was too cool for that. Like, I'm wondering now, like, if I was like 20 now or 18 now, would I go on these shows? I think you would have won Star Search if you went on it. The no. two, well, the maybe, two people yeah. that uh, I, I was two people edgy. that I know that were on Star Search and went fairly high up. Uh, they've been real estate agents for the last 30 <laughs> years. Anyway. You know, we go on and on. Are we supposed to be doing yep. something about music we, with this? We are. I mean, we should probably veer back to the music part of this. <laughs> like, should we listen know, to another um, single by Chelsea? By iconic, yeah, I really uh, iconic, what, what Soon to be yeah. iconic Chelsea. Chelsea, soon to be yes. Iconic, so 100 be- times better than Demi Lovato. Yes. Right. So before we hear their latest single, 555, we will hear from their management company, which is Aristo Media. So hear about Aristo and then stay tuned for 555 by Chelsea. This episode features an artist managed by Aristo Media. The Aristo Media Group encompasses a broad range of services dedicated to offering the entertainment industry innovative, integrated marketing strategies. Aristo Media's distinct advantage is housing entertainment publicity and PR, digital marketing, video marketing, radio promotion, club marketing, and consulting all under one roof. The Aristo Media Group also epitomizes synergy. Together, the divisions combine talents to maximize client exposure through digital, print, radio, television, online, and video outlets. To learn more, go to aristomedia.com. Again, that is aristomedia.com. Ever made me feel this same. 
like uh, Beatles and David Bowie at the end of the talking. I'm like. gonna um, I'm gonna follow her because I really, really, really think there's something to this personality on those tracks. Well, I like about like, what, what she does is like you know, and it's not digitally done. She doubles her, her vocal, which is kind of yes, cool, yeah, and she does it well. Doubled and. You know, you know who it reminds me of, and I hope she doesn't take offense to this, but uh, I thought she was a real trendsetter in the '90s. Uh, this artist, Avril Lavigne. Yeah. That that's what it reminds me of. Although She's, this is this is more fresh, you know. It's so. kind of like a cross between her Avril and Haley Williams. Was pretty, was pretty fresh when she came out, like 2002, right? Something like that. Who's that? Avril Lavigne when she yeah. came out, she was very. Fresh. I, I think she was out in the '90s. No, she um, was 2002. That's when she came out, Skater Boy. All right. Well, you've thrown down the, the challenge yet sure again. It was then. Let's I know why. Because I know, remember, you know, I remember because I was living in um, in Amsterdam, and that's when I used to see it when she came out. Yeah, 2002. You're right. Wow. I know, because I was living in Amsterdam, and, and that's when she came out. I remember, she was like, 17 you know, when it came out. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, she was like punky, but poppy and. Cute exactly. And, you know, yeah, yeah, she, she kind of had a harder edge than, uh, and the way they were. I think she, I think she just know. did a thing with, uh, you know, I MGK. I hate that I know that Machine Gun Kelly. My thing is that I know for a fact that they had to do a lot of uh, work with her vocals in in the studio. I don't think that's happening on these tracks. I think she's a natural singer. So we talked to her. We did talk to her? Yeah. When he, why? Why did we talk to her? We talked to her for our <laughs> questions of the week. Professional podcast production by <laughs> 9420 Limited. Let's see. Um, what was going on? So the first question we asked her is to tell us a little bit about herself. What's up? My name is Chelsea. I'm so grateful to be here on this podcast today. A little bit about me. I am from... Boston, Spain, California, and Hawaii. I grew up in all those places, and now I live in Nashville. I live with my band, Sawyer and Sean, who I met in college, actually. We all went to Belmont. I really like geckos and Radiohead. Short, simple, to the point. <laughs> I like Radiohead. I don't know what geckos is. Do you know what that is? I, I, I think it's like a. It's just the animal, a gecko. The like creature. She likes the oh, okay. Creature. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, like, so. you know, what, what band is the is Geckos? No, I think it's she's, just, she's just saying she likes Geckos and Radiohead. Okay. She's trying to throw us off a little bit by being zany, but <laughs> the reality zany. is that, you know, I like uh, a lot of marsupials. <laughs> oh, it uh, seems like she grew up in a bunch of different places, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, it gives you a kind of a... Different perspective. And I, I like Radiohead, too. I think they're they're a good band. Do you want to find out who have influenced her music career so far? Well, we know one. I've been inspired by so many different musicians musically. That's such a tough question. Lyrically, I would say Julian Casablancas of The Strokes has had a tremendous impact on the way I view writing songs. I think that the messages that he conveys in his songs, he, he does it in such a humble way, you know, because you can't really understand what he's saying, but... His words are just absolute poetry. They're genius. And then I know this is kind of a controversial topic and a lot of people don't like his voice, but I really love Tom York's voice and I love how it fits in with the whole vibe of Radiohead and Rainbows has been a tremendous inspiration for me musically. And then 
other local artists have really inspired me. There's a band in Nashville called Superstar Famous One Day. And oh my gosh, every time I've heard their music or watched them play, it's just sparked so much inspiration for me. They're fantastic performers, fantastic writers, and um, just great people and a good hang. So they've really inspired a lot of a lot of music for me as well. You know, Briston Maroney, of course. And uh, the Criticals, we we went on tour with the Criticals recently, and they were so cool and such nice people to hang out with. We had such a great time supporting them and just hanging out with them. So they've been a pretty big inspiration for me as well. I love Tom York's voice. I don't know why anyone thinks. Yeah. I think it's it's great. You know, I think the, the big rap on that band and him in particular is they're like too self indulgent to be. Yeah, but but that's what why they they did some really they, beyond done some, ridicule. They've done some really cool things though, you know. So, yeah. and uh, she mentioned the Strokes, which is interesting because the Strokes was the last band uh, before I left CSAC. They were kind of the last acquisition that we were trying to uh, bring across the finish line before I. You left know, I hear company. a lot about them. I have to I have to admit, yeah. I don't know much about them at all. I don't know much about them either, and we were trying to negotiate to bring their performing <laughs> rights to CSAC. But, you know, the the stuff that I heard was, um, you know, it was really interesting, but I thought it was, it too was too introspective. I didn't know that they would become, you know, a, a, a big successful band like they did. Why is that, why like is that bad? You know, like, you know, another funny thing about, about going back to the voice thing. It's bad from a commercial standpoint, no, right? No, if you're trying not. to amass millions no, of No, it's not. No, it's not. What did, um, didn't we talk to uh, Chelsea? Chelsea, we asked her one last question. Yep. It was, oh, wow. if you could change one thing about the music industry today, what would it be? That's such a tough question. If I could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Um, you know, I would say I wish there were more women in rock music. I've been touring for about a year. And while we've been on the road, there hasn't been another woman in any of the bands we've played with. We played one show in Nashville where there were two other female front women. But other than that, I... I mean, like literally we've been touring for, I guess it's been over a year now. Oh my gosh. I've been touring for over a year and haven't played, like there hasn't been a single woman in any of the other bands. So I think that's something I would really want to change about the music industry and just like, you know, like obviously record labels, but I'm sure everybody says that. You know what? But I'm, I'm wondering like, not to come off sexist, but do you think a lot of women aspire to that? Do you think a lot of chicks want to rock and they're not allowed to or they're discouraged from doing it? Do you think a lot more would do if they, if they weren't discouraged or a lot of them not even want to do it maybe? What do you think? I don't know. Uh, I, I think that uh, it would be interesting to know the origins of the band because I wonder if they found her or if, if, if she um, solicited them to play you know well i'm i'm definitely gonna i hope uh i can catch uh chelsea out somewhere because you, I you think, say uh, that when do you leave the, 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 the ponderosa ever <laughs> i went to a show monday night can you believe that i went to a show monday night i got in my car and i drove 40 minutes to east nashville to see guthrie trap play you know guthrie uh he's got a uh He's got a uh, standing gig on Monday nights, the underground, uh, under underdog, the underdog. And uh, 
yeah, I took some friends and we had a ball. It was a lot of fun. I'm going to start going out more. Uh-oh, you know? uh-oh. What the heck? Uh, the void yeah. the void is on the move. The void's going to bring you. If you won't come to the void, the void's going to bring the show to you. We have one more <laughs> song for this, uh, we, Chelsea. We do. Yeah, we have one more song called Garden. We're going to listen to our unofficial sponsor, Bongo Java, before we get on into that. Go on over there and visit them. This episode is officially, unofficially sponsored by Bongo Java. Bongo Java, the birthplace of the 9420 podcast. While Bongo Java got its start a year earlier than 9420 in 1993, in 1994, Carl and Greg's relationship got started. And in 2020, Carl and Greg visited Bongo Java to create this podcast that you listen to. For more information on Bongo Java, go to bongojava.com. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure that you listen all the way through for one last song for, by Chelsea called Garden. For everything that we talked about, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That's the number is 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. They danced in sparks, they